How cool is it to be here? Yeah? It's a good place to be. It is a really good place to be. Sometimes a hard place to be. I'm not pretending it's all easy. But it's a good place to be. Gathered together and being able to worship. We've been doing a series. The series is around relationship. We started a few weeks ago looking at some of the amazing things that God has consistently, without fail, without hesitation, without changing, done to communicate and demonstrate and show what relationship looks like. He didn't start by asking us to do something. He actually started by showing us what it looked like. And there were four profound foundational things that are absolutely consistent through all Scripture, from the first page to the end, about what relationship looks like, what's important, what's foundational to relationships. Not just our relationship with God, although that's so significant, but also our relationship with those close to us, with those far from us that we don't even know yet that we might be meeting in the coming week when we head into Flood Melbourne. And also the relationship we have with ourselves and that journey. And there are four things. The first one was, was proximity. The idea of being close. The idea that it takes time to do relationships. And being close isn't just physical, but being close is in a number of different ways. Getting, getting close, getting intimate. The second one was value. And last week we looked at the idea that every single person created by God has an amazing possibility. That there is so much possibility in each person. And possibility is made up of identity and purpose. And when we see identity and purpose in people, relationship is so much stronger and healthier. When we can share identity and purpose with people, it's even more amazing because then they flourish as well. And they grow as a person. And foundational to what God sees valuable in in relationship is possibility, value in people, recognizing their value. Now the third one is empathy. We haven't done this yet. And we're not going to do it today. Ooh, it's pretty wild. But the good news is we're doing it next week because Grant Buchanan has very kindly said he's going to come and share with us. Um, our grants from Kaleidoscope and uh, people know him from a bunch of places but um, so he's coming next week to do empathy now if you're here in the first week I actually stole one of Grant's lines um, that he he messed with me one day when when I heard him speak Um, and he referred to God as being a pathetic God and he unpacked what that actually meant so you got to go to the website and listen to the first message or wait for next week and and Grant may go somewhere else but anyway I was really um, encouraged and inspired by that so I just yeah Grant very kindly has offered to come next week so what we're doing is we're mucking it up and going out of order and there is actually an order there is an order because the fourth one is gift or sacrifice and so we're going to talk about this today but the reason there's an order um, will start to make sense in this message so you're just going to have to rearrange things in your head and come back to empathy next week but um, but that's okay it's all good so this idea of gift sacrifice, giving, is a fundamental, consistent thing that God has demonstrated and shown and modelled and taught throughout the whole of Scripture. The idea of a gift is something that you willingly pay for. It's a choice. 
you willingly pay for. And paying doesn't mean always financial. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's thought. There's a whole heap of ways of paying for something, yeah? Not just money. But you willingly pay for, for the receiver's benefit. That's what a gift is. When you buy someone a gift, you buy them something for their benefit. The definition of sacrifice is basically the same thing. The Cambridge Dictionary says sacrifice is to give up something that is valuable to you in order to help another person. So we have this picture of giving, sacrifice or a gift. This idea is that it's something that's, that's of significance, of value that you have to pay for, that you give for the benefit of someone else. Now in a healthy relationship, that goes both ways. There's a healthy sense of both parties giving to each other. However, it's a weird thing because it's, it's not like a contract or a transaction where it's measured and calculated. It's not that we, we agree that if I give you this much, you give me this much. This is the interesting thing because giving is actually not fair. Giving is never fair. A gift is not something that is, is balanced and equal. The weird thing about giving is it's actually given without the strings being attached, when it's healthy. We've all received and given gifts with strings attached, um, hoping that someone will think of us a different way or, you know, there's, there's often strings attached. But in a healthy scenario, the idea of giving and sacrifice is actually not fair. Now, it's easy to think about giving and gifts like the form of a present. There's that nice, easy, a little bit romantic idea of a gift. Chocolates, flowers. You know, we think about a gift at, at that simple level of, of something tangible that will make someone feel special. And that's significant. At the other end of the spectrum, we have the idea of sacrifice being quite heroic and, and dramatic and that, that it's you know, laying down your life for someone or, or doing something so that it hurts. And we've got these two sort of extremes of gifts. The, the little gift, the present, the card, the note, and the big gift of, you know, taking a bullet for Sam, you know, jumping in front of him. And yet, in its purest form, gift and sacrifice, it is both those things, but it's actually something else. At its essence, it's patience. Patience is gift and sacrifice. It's kindness. Kindness is sacrifice. Giving without expecting a return. It's not envying. It's not boasting. Sorry, I can see some smiles. People who know their word know where I'm going. It's not arrogant or rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable or resentful. It's not rejoicing at wrongdoings but it's rejoicing with the truth. This is what sacrifice looks like. It's always protecting, always trusting, always hoping, always persevering. What is gift and sacrifice? It's love. And this is, just, this is straight from 1 Corinthians 13. The interesting thing is, and this is why the order was so significant, because a salesman uses proximity really well. A salesman uses value really well. And a salesman even uses empathy. But to sell your product, 
This doesn't fit in the picture. Sacrifice, love, doesn't help you sell your product. Just think about the door-to-door salesman. They'll come and they'll ask you how your day was and listen very understandingly. They've knocked on your door. They've even come to your space to try and sell their products. A businessman's the same. An employer, when they're trying to work with staff. Proximity's great. Value is fantastic with staff. Empathy is brilliant to motivate people and get them working hard. That you connect with them. But love's not necessary. A waiter in a restaurant. Proximity's fantastic. Value's brilliant. Empathy's great. But love's not necessary. God has set up a picture that's different. That's different than an environment where we do a transaction and we do a deal. Because at the end of every one of those three things, they want something out of you. They want a sale, they want your productivity, or they want you to enjoy the food in the restaurant and pay for it. It's a negotiation. Love is not like that. Love is the piece of the equation that you cannot calculate, that you cannot fabricate, because it's given without receiving. Now, love is sacrifice is not just an idea I put together. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no man, no one than this, to da- lay down one's life for one's friend. And that verse is often used in, on Remembrance Day, when people remember those that have, that have, um, whose lives have been lost, who've given up their lives so that we might have freedom. But it doesn't just stop there. Ephesians 5 says, Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. What does love look like? It looks like sacrifice. But surely there's got to be some sort of transaction here. This doesn't sound very fair. Surely it needs to be a little bit fair, doesn't it? Surely this this isn't just one way. Surely this isn't... I don't know, just doesn't feel right. And at this point, the Western anthem comes to mind. What about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough, now I want my share. Surely that's got to fit in the picture somewhere. Doesn't it? Is this all just give, give, give? Matthew 5, starting at verse 38 says, You have heard that it was said, Eye for an eye and a tooth for the tooth. This is Jesus speaking. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right right cheek, turn the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Love is not fair. He goes on in Matthew 18, verse 21 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sinned against me? Up to seven times? Let's put a number on this. What does righteousness look like? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Which is actually a way of saying, in culturally saying, infinite. He's not saying 77 literal times. Some translations say 70 times seven. Neither number is actually specific. He's saying abundantly. Love does not have a limitation. Love does not have a boundary and we so often get twisted up in this space and this is where we get stuck in relationships because in our relationships 
We, we, we lean back on this, it's not fair space. They don't deserve it. I would go and help them, but they're not a very nice person. And we start doing this, how does this measure? What's the measure in here? What's fair in this? And God consistently through scripture says, it's not fair. It will never be fair. If you want to love, give up the idea of fair. It doesn't fit in the picture of love. Love in relationship is never, ever fair. So what does this look like in our relationship with God? What does this idea of sacrifice, of love, look like when we relate to God? Romans 12 has a really great little passage to explain what it looks like. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, God's connection in relationship with us, his desire to connect, his desire to forget all the things that we've done and still connect with us, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Love towards God looks like obedience. It looks like making a choice to say, I could follow the world, I could want fairness, I could want things that work out for my good, but I genuinely want to love God. And to love God means I'm going to let go of the way the world does things. I'm going to take up God's word, his truth, his spirit, and I'm going to obey his good, pleasing and perfect will. Thank you, Lord. I want to love you by respecting your word, your truth, and responding to it in obedience. So what about our relationship to those close to us? Well, Paul doesn't actually stop in Romans at verse 2. He continues, and we're going to read from verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Again, we're back to this unfair part. Never be lacking in zeal, that's passion, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This is what love looks like. Love is not a feeling. Love, as famously quoted by a great band, those who are old, back in DC talk days. Love is a verb. It's a doing word. It has action. And that's what this says. To those that are close to you, show generosity. Give, give, give. What about those annoying people? The ones that cause you trouble? We don't have to go much further. We can start in verse 14 of the same passage. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what to, to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
Now, I'm just going to pause and put a slight caveat in here. Because I know there's some people here who are squirming going, reality and this doesn't quite fit together. Relationship takes two people, two parties, right? And I recognize that there are lots of broken relationships where this pretty picture doesn't actually add up. So I'm not suggesting that in a broken relationship, one party just keeps giving and the other keeps receiving and and that's okay. I recognize that in, in unhealthy relationships, there's actually love doesn't always look like what someone wants to receive. Does that make sense? Love is not just making someone happy. And sometimes the truth in love can actually hurt. There's things people have said to me that I needed to know. No one likes being told they got bad breath, right? But it's very loving to tell someone they've got bad breath, isn't it? That's just a really simple one. It gets a lot more complicated than that. But just as an example, loving people doesn't always mean making them happy. And so I just want to acknowledge that, that relationships aren't easy. Relationships can get hard and it takes two to have a relationship. But as I said a couple of weeks ago, we're not setting the bar where, where, where our experience is. We're setting the bar where God has said we want to aim for. We don't want to aim for broken relationships. We want to aim for the relationships that God has modeled and taught and demonstrated. So I'm not talking about this saying it's all easy. We all walk out of here and every relationship is going to be perfect. What I am saying is let's aim high. Let's aim for the truth that God has put before us. And that is a love that is generous. A love that doesn't have limitations based on it being fair, but sees the value and potential in someone. I think this area of gift and sacrifice, love, is actually the most challenging part of relationship. We keep wanting to go back to that place of a transaction where we get something because we give something. And this is hard. This is not easy. This has been uh, a lesson that I've been learning and I'm still learning in a very new way over the last six months. For those that know, Tanya and I um, foster care. And Daniel and Catherine, our kids do too. And I realize how bad I am at this in this space. I thought I understood unconditional love i thought i got it but i realized that i actually only got that at a conceptual level because almost every relationship you get a benefit even even relationships that are very distant when i when i sponsor a child in in africa that i don't even know but i want to i want to see their value my proximity is only financial it's not not physical I want to see their value. I want to know about their experience and I want to love them. But that actually makes me feel good. Makes me feel like I'm a good Christian. I actually get something out of that. I actually feel like I'm doing okay when I sponsor a child in Africa. When I hang out with you guys, I get love back. It's not one way. Every time I step out and love or or show love to someone, it always comes back to me. So even though my intention was good to to not focus on it being fair, it always comes back. But I've got to say, when it doesn't come back, it all of a sudden gets tested. And when it doesn't come back, or it gets worse, when you give and give and give, 
And the response is, go away, I want nothing to do with you. Response is, you only have value when you have something to offer me. Every other space, you've, you've got nothing more to give. And you go, awesome, I can push through that for a week, for two weeks, for three weeks, for a month. I've got to tell you, it's actually not that easy. And it's only one example, but it's an example that makes me realize how much we need the Holy Spirit. How much we need the one that equips and enables in this space. This is not a message of labor. We're so used to this being a transaction where we get something out of it that when the transaction doesn't happen, we actually don't know what to do. That's my experience. We actually don't know what to do. And that is when the Holy Spirit is absolutely and phenomenally amazing and brings people around you to encourage you, brings your amazing wife that gives you another perspective, gives you kids that just do amazing things just to bring joy and hope where you didn't see any. God is so committed to this idea of love. Do not underestimate how much he is prepared to contribute in this if you're prepared to get up and have a go. This is not a place of labor. And if we go back to this list, it actually looks like things that you have to do. But you're actually just participating what the Holy Spirit is already doing. You have to embrace it. You have to go with what the Spirit's doing. And I believe that's the only way love is actually achievable. Is if you say, God, I want to partner with you in this. I do not see why this person deserves love. I do not want to be close to that person. I see no value or I don't relate to, to, I have no compassion. And yet I know that your whole agenda is to fight for love. And so God, give me grace. Give me patience. Give me kindness. Help me participate in what you're doing already. As we've done in the last couple of weeks, I want you to think, about a practical scenario that you're in, a relationship that you're finding hard, and that can include your relationship with God. That passage in, in um, Romans 12 starts with, Therefore, brothers, I urge you in view of God's mercy. He desperately is reaching out for relationship. So if that relationship is strained, I really want you to ask the Holy Spirit to empower your sense of love. If there's someone that comes to mind, a sibling, a family member, a relative, someone you're close to, a friend, ask the Lord. Don't ask him if you want it to be fair. If you want the conclusion to be fair, that's not the game he's playing. But he is. He is passionately in the business of showing people love. Ask God to reveal to you how, how you can partner with him in what he's already doing to bring love into those people's lives. And the third one is those people you're going to meet this week that you may have never met before. You have, maybe you've met them before, but you've never valued them because they were just a face at a checkout. Or they were a, a colleague at work that you paid no attention to. Or they were a kid at school that was just on the fringe and you just never saw before. Ask God to give you a heart of love for them. The others you've already got proximity and probably value and maybe some empathy for. Yeah, But for the ones that you're about to meet this week, for those that aren't sure whether they're going to flood or not, please chat to me. I'm going to push you over the line. They are so desperately in need of God's love. 
Every single one of them. If there's someone that comes to mind or someone that doesn't come to mind but you want them to come to mind, say, God, give me a heart for these people. Help me to show love that's not fair. Help me show love out of a capacity that you give me when I feel empty. Help me to show love willingly, not because it's good. And I know it's good, but because I want to give, I want to sacrifice for their benefit. Lord, we just love you. We want to love you more. We want to be people that are not just people that talk, but people who live. And Lord, we want to live in the way of love. Father, I pray that you would right now break the idea of fairness, Lord God. In Jesus' name, I ask you to strip off the world's idea of, of transaction in relationships, Father. I pray you would, you would heal the wounds in our minds and our hearts that have been bruised and scarred because of this transaction idea, Lord God, where we got ripped off in a relationship. Father, I pray you would heal us now in Jesus' name. That if there's any place that we're looking through that lens, Father, please change our view. Fix our eyes on you. Lord, we need you in this space. We cannot do this alone, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you to just refresh everybody this morning, Lord. Refresh everyone with the capacity, with the desire, with the zeal to love like you first loved. And Lord, for those relationships that, that we, we're just reminded of that are, are that way, Lord God, just for abundance, Father, more. We know there's no boundary to this, Lord God. We know there's no limitation. There's no, there's no cap on love. So Father, we just pray for those relationships that are healthy, that are fruitful, that are encouraging and equipping and enabling and, and, and refreshing, Lord God. We just pray for abundance, Father. Don't hold back. Don't limit this, Lord God. Lord, we pray we wouldn't be the measure of what love is, but you would be. And we just thank you and praise you for what you're doing. We rejoice in the things that, that have happened, Lord God, but rejoice in what's to come. Lord, I'm so excited by the possibility of what love looks like in our hearts and in our hands. Lord, I pray you would help us see that too. Lord, I especially right now pray for broken relationships, Lord God relationships that in the world's eyes have no hope lord i pray for your transformation and healing i pray you would do a miracle beyond human understanding and capacity that your power that your sovereignty would bring healing to relationships that are broken lord first with you lord broken relationships with you lord but also broken relationships with one another thank you lord in Jesus' name, amen.